From Happy Cat Studios in Indianapolis, Indiana, it's time for another episode of the Rick's Rambles podcast. Let's get right into our fun facts of the week. Fun facts. This week's fun facts are all about an adorable animal. We're talking about pandas in this week's fun facts. Number one, a panda year is equivalent to about three human years. A panda year is about three human years in terms of life expectancy. Giant pandas live 18 to 20 years in the wild and 25 to 35 years in captivity. The world's oldest giant panda was Zing Zing. That translates to new star at a zoo in China that lived to be 38 years and six months old. That's about 115 human years. Number two, pandas have six fingers. The panda's sixth finger is kind of like a human thumb. It has the same functionality as a thumb, but is actually an unusual wrist bone or an opposable paw heel with strong muscles, but no movable joints, and it allows it to grasp food. Well, I didn't know this. This one's kind of sad. A panda will abandon a child if she has twins. Wild pandas usually have just one cub, while pandas in captivity are more likely to have twins. In the wild, if the mother panda has two clubs, she will only feed the one she thinks it's stronger. The other one is left to fend for itself. The reason for this is that a newborn cub is very weak. Cubs start eating bamboo at around 12 months of age, but until then they are completely dependent upon their mother. So in the wild, female pandas don't have sufficient milk or energy to care for two cubs. Number four, well, it's well known that pandas are good at climbing trees, but they are great swimmers. They learn to climb trees at about six months old, but in the wild, they love swimming and are often seen playing and splashing in the water. Number five, what are the two main activities in a panda's life? Well, eating and sleeping, so maybe I'm part panda. The typical 100-pound adult spends about 12 hours a day eating and about 12 hours a day sleeping. Number six, they're solitary animals most of the time. They do meet at mating season, but the males especially tend to be loners. Number seven, pandas poop a lot. 65 pounds of poop per day. That's amazing. 99% of the panda's diet consists of bamboo, but its digestive tract retains carnivorous characteristics. Therefore, it doesn't digest food very well. That's why they eat so much and so often. When do pandas breed? Well, spring is the breeding season for pandas. Female giant pandas are in heat once a year for only about two or three days. That's usually late March to early May. A pregnancy lasts about five months. In the wild, female giant pandas will emit special sounds like a baa of a sheep or sounding like a dog bark or even a cow moo during their fertile period, while male giant pandas will leave scent markers as a sign to attract female giant pandas. Females often mate with several competing males, and while a male will also seek out different females to mate. After mating, male and female pandas live separately, and the work of den building and rearing the young is completed by the females alone. And there you have it, a few fun facts about pandas this week. This week's good news story is really interesting. I never would have thought of something like this. It's called Lost Treasures. Chelsea Brown likes to trawl flea markets and thrift shops for interesting items, but not for decorations or collections. As an amateur genealogist, she enjoys tracking down the owners or the descendants of the owners and reuniting them with their lost family heirlooms. The Manhattan interior designer claims to have returned more than 500 objects to their owners, and she does it all for free. 
I love the thrill of the chase. I love to close out the mystery, says Brown. It's insane the things I have found. Holocaust items I've been able to return that have been special I have found in thrift shops. After finding a telling clue on an object, she seeks out demographic information in the city census records or other sources. This usually brings up a marriage certificate or another distinguishing legal document. She is then usually able to track down the owner and contact them about whatever it is she's trying to return, though she admits most people think it's some kind of a scam. Brown says that many of the same emotional dramas that can cause disruptions in relationships and households today were just as prevalent 100, sometimes 200 years ago. Chelsea has found hundreds of interesting items, including love letters from decades ago, which show all the hallmarks of love struggles today, such as clinginess and even ghosting. Heartbreak. Affairs. Family drama were all still happening then, says Brown. I think it comforts people to know if they don't get any contact with someone after going on a date, the exact same thing happened in 1850, but with letters instead of text messages. Her specialization is typically letters, such as a romantic series during World War II or a diary of two teenage lovers who had drifted apart. I found this amazing one written by a woman who was in a long-distance relationship. It was full of love letters and poems, she said. They decided to end the relationship, but then I found out they got back together years later and are now married with six children. It's really exciting returning them to the families. All of this digging through the past has given her the idea she is writing a book about all of her adventures. What an interesting story. You know, we all have the ability to affect somebody's life in a positive way. Sometimes we just have to find our own unique way to do that. Hey friends, I want to welcome somebody new to the Rick's Rambles podcast family, Vitamin Ally. This is a company that I use and that I believe in. I've been taking their men's over 50 multivitamin and their immune booster. And I can tell you from personal experience, I'm sleeping better. I have more energy and my allergy symptoms have all but disappeared. It is amazing. They're sugar-free, they're non-GMO, allergen-free, gluten-free, and no additives or fillers. And their packaging is 100% recycled recyclable, a big deal to me. VitaminAlly.com, or I'll put a link in the show notes, and you can just click on it and check them out for yourself. Well, something kind of just for fun today, but something kind of serious. I have long had an interest in cryptozoology, and that's the study of animals that people are not really sure if they exist or not. That could be Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster, things like that, the mermaids of the Ohio River. I am just absolutely fascinated by those legends. I'm going to start this story off with a question. Does Bigfoot exist? Let me know. I would really like to know if you think he exists, if he absolutely does not exist exist or is it just a possibility? I'd like to know what you think. Cherubusco, Indiana. The history how the town of Cherubusco got its nickname, that's Turtle Town, USA, started as a turtle tall tale or what believers call the tale of the tall turtle. Before drones, before the internet, and before social media, there was a turtle whose home was located in a lake just east of Cherubusco, Indiana. That town's located northwest of Fort Wayne and is home to about 2,000 residents. But in 1948, it was also home to a perhaps mythical creature that would go down in history as Indiana's Loch Ness Monster. It must have been a slow news day because it went viral, and that was before 
going viral was known, said Chuck Dones, a writer for the Fort Wayne newspaper. It was all over the country. In 1948, the Beast of Busco was first spotted in Falk Lake. Two men were fishing and claimed to have seen a giant snapping turtle. They called him Oscar. Then a while later, two men who were fixing a roof on a nearby barn also saw the beast. Oscar was said to be longer and bigger than a rowboat, which is about 10 to 12 feet, had the head the size of a child, and probably weighed between four and 600 pounds. His name came from the original owner of the lake, Oscar Fulk, who believes he first saw the turtle in 1898. Later in 1948, the owner of the property, Gail Harris, saw the turtle and set out to capture the beast. The word of Oscar quickly spread to neighboring towns and soon made national news. Jones was just 10 years old at the time. He remembers the crowds and fans swarming to Falk Lake just to get a glimpse of the turtle. Cars caused traffic jams. Planes flew overhead and divers went down to the darkest, deepest part of the lake, yet the beast was never found. They had traps and hooks and grappling lines. They tried everything to find this turtle, and some say they actually did find it. There's a claim that the turtle was netted by an ocean-going net, and it simply broke out of the net. That's how big it was. Well, the property owner started to drain the lake even in hopes of seeing the beast. However, due to a mixture of money issues and limited foresight, the search for Oscar stopped. To this day, Oscar has yet to make another appearance. More than half a century later, Cherubusco still calls itself Turtle Town, USA. It's hard to miss the 15-foot grinning turtle as you enter Cherubusco from US 33 and all the turtles displayed throughout town. Each year, the town also salutes Oscar with its festival Turtle Days, a four-day event that includes turtle races, turtle sculptures, and carnival attractions. Now, the lake and Oscar's home is up for sale. Located between Madden and McDuffie Roads, the 44-acre property is on the market for about a million dollars. Whitewater realtor Justin Griffin says the property is great hunting track and has great fishing. It's a great property with a great view, and it comes with a great story. I think it would be the perfect place to call home. Well, whatever happened to Oscar? That depends on who you ask. Some say he left the lake. Others say he still lives in the lake waiting for visitors. It's just kind of faded into the sunset, Jones said. You know what makes the story really good that way is because now we didn't catch him and we can't really know for sure. And maybe that's the best thing of all. I've been to Cherubusco. Holly and I actually have played a couple of shows up in Cherubusco, Indiana. It's really fascinating to see the turtles all around town. Maybe we'll take a drive to Falk Lake and see if we can spot Oscar. And it's time for our special days for this week. Today, Monday the 13th, is Donald Duck's birthday. It's Earmuffs Day. It's Fill Your Stapler Day. And it's National Good Samaritan Day. Tuesday the 14th is Crowdfunding Day. Learn About Butterflies Day. National Organize Your Home Office Day, and it's National Potato Chip Day. Wednesday the 15th is the Ides of March, of course, and it's National Peanut Lovers Day. Thursday the 16th, National Artichoke Hearts Day, and it's National Panda Day. Friday the 17th, of course, St. Patrick's Day, National Corned Beef and Cabbage Day, National Preschool Teachers Appreciation Day. Saturday the 18th is Maple Syrup Saturday, it's National Corn Dog Day, I'll be sure to celebrate that, and it's National Slime 
Sloppy Joe Day. Sunday the 19th is Buzzard Day. National Let's Laugh Day. National Backyard Day. And it's National Chocolate Caramel Day. That's going to wrap it up for this week's edition of the Rick's Rambles Podcast. Don't forget my question. Do you think Bigfoot exists? Let me know. Be sure and share it on your social media. Let folks know what you're listening to. And until next week, be kind to as many people as you can. As often as you can, we'll start right now and we'll make the world a better place.